Well, I want to begin with a prayer. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. This world is a much better place when we see it from God's perspective, living in this world with all of its challenges, with all of the curses and blessings that are at work. Living in this world is better when our spiritual ears are tuned in to the Lord. Living our lives in the presence of the Lord raises our experience of the joy and blessing available to us. Living our lives aware of God helps us develop both as individuals and as members of a larger people group. These are lessons, I think, that are in our Torah reading this week, and they help us answer the great questions. Who am I and how do I fit in this world? So to get started, let's first read a passage from Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 5 through 11. And you can follow along with me. I'm going to read it straight through first, and then we'll look at it uh, carefully together. We'll read in Deuteronomy 26. I'm giving you a moment to turn there in your Bibles that the Israelites are being taught how to think about themselves both as individuals and as members of a nation. The Israelites are getting ready for life in the promised land and they need to know how to think about themselves in order to prepare for this big change. And as we are reading, please pay close attention to how this passage in Deuteronomy 26 begins. So let's read together, starting Deuteronomy 26, starting in verse 5. And then in the presence of Adonai your God, you are to say, My ancestor was a nomad from Aram. He went down into Egypt, few in number, and stayed. And there he became a great, strong, populous nation. But the Egyptians treated us badly. They oppressed us and imposed harsh slavery on us. And so we cried out to Adonai, the God of our ancestors. Adonai heard us and saw our misery, our toil, and our oppression. And Adonai brought us out of Egypt with a strong hand and an outstretched arm with great terror and with signs and wonders. And now he's brought us to this place, and he's given us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And therefore, as you see, I have now brought the first fruits of the land which you, Adonai, have given me. You are then to put the basket down before Adonai, your God. Prostrate yourself before Adonai, your God, and take joy in all the good that Adonai, your God, has given you, your household, the Levite, and the foreigner living with you. So that's the passage that we want to consider. And let's just start again with verse 5. In the presence of Adonai, your God, you are to say. That's interesting. In the presence of Adonai, your God. It's so important. They're told, say this in the presence of God. It means that we are to consciously let God witness what you say in the life that you're living. You probably know the phrase, as God is my witness. It's a way of affirming something like it's really true. Well, that's the same idea here. When you're speaking about what, who you are, where you've come from and what you're going to and how you're going to live your life, you want to say it in the presence of the Lord. It's meant to make us 
more conscious about the fact that we live in a world that includes God. And you can say it this way as an individual, I live in the presence of God. Some of you, why don't you write that in the comment section? I live in the presence of God. And because of this truth, you can begin to know who you are. If you don't know that God is present in this world, you'll really never fully know who you are living in this world. Let's, let's continue in verse 5. In the presence of Adonai your God, you are to say, my ancestor was a nomad from Aram. This is a rich passage that can help us answer the questions, who am I? How do I fit into this world? Who am I? That's a question so many people are asking these days. They just don't know who they are. Oh, there are easy answers people get. There are big categories, political categories, or um, social categories about identity, but they are so superficial and they are so narrow. This is a much richer, richer way of expressing who we are. Who am I? Let us, each of us answer that question in front of God and everyone. Who am I? You can honestly say about yourself, I am a person with history. I come from a specific person. I come from a specific individual. And you can also say, I come from a family that became a tribe, that became many tribes, that became a nation, and I'm joined to a great people group with a great history. My people have a history. We became a people. We suffered in Egypt. That's what we just read about in Deuteronomy 26. We suffered in Egypt. We cried to the Lord. He heard us, and then God brought us out. That helps us understand that each of us has a past. Just as Israel has a past, each of us has a past. And it wasn't an easy past for Israel, and many of us can say the same thing, a past that included suffering for sure but God was with us. He listened to our cries. He led us out of that place. And you can also say one more thing. I have a future. I have a past and God was with me, even in the midst of suffering, and I have a future and God is with me too. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says it so clearly, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And Ephesians 4.4 4 says it another way. There is one body and there's one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. You and I are not only joined together with the body of Messiah, and we are united because of the Spirit of God taking up residence in us and turning us into living stones that can be assembled together into a holy temple where God can live with us all. But we have been called as well to a glorious hope for the future. One glorious hope. That's very important because in the times that we're living in, it's very easy for people to forget that God has a plan of hope 
for us. He will take us through all these challenges and he will bring us into a new situation of hope. And it's one glorious hope that we've been called to. We've all been called to this. Let's live up to it as well. When our ears are open to the Lord, when we tune into him, when we live in his presence and we are aware of his presence, when we call out to him, when we look to him clearly for guidance, for direction, for wisdom, and for his righteousness and for his saving power, then this world really becomes a better place. Now let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 26, verses 10 and 11 says this. And just to remind you of the context, Israel is being told all of this before they go into the land, and then they're to follow this when they get into the land. And it says in verse 10, therefore, as you see, I have now brought the first fruits of the land which you and I have given me. So this is like practice. These are words that people are to take note of so that when they are in this future that God has promised to them, that they will know what to do, that they will know how to live in the presence of God and the awareness of God in the new season of life, in the new future. You are then to put the basket down before Adonai your God, prostrate yourself before Adonai your God. You know what that means? To bow down and to even put your face down on the ground. Jewish people don't kneel before other people. We only bow down to God, to God alone. That's the story of Mordechai and Haman, but it's the story of all of us. We only humble ourselves before God. Verse 11, and take joy. Oh, this is so important. Take joy in all the good that Adonai your God has given you, your household, the Levite, the foreigner living with you. Note this phrase, the land which you have given me. You see, the Jewish people are being taught, the children of Israel are being taught something that has application to us today. When God takes us through a time of difficulty, even a time of transition into a new place, and then that new place is a place of bounty, we're to recognize that the Lord is the one who's given us this new place. We didn't just get there on our own. It didn't just happen accidentally. God was not uh, detached from us. He was not just the silent observer. He was there with us. He was watching over us. He was taking note of the future that he had planned for us, trying to bring us in to the glorious hope that he has in mind for us. And what are we supposed to do? We're to acknowledge him. Verse 11, and take joy in all the good that Adonai, your God, has given you. You know, some people just find it much easier to kvetch, to complain. And when you sit together with them and you, you want to know how things are going, the only thing they can talk about is how bad things are or even how bad things were. Some people are living in the past. They're living in the troubles of the past and they have forgotten that God has brought them out of those troubles. And so they're, they're like people who are trapped in their own memories. They've forgotten the presence of God. They've forgotten the reality of God. They have forgotten where they came from and where they have come to and how they got there. And it wasn't just a journey. It wasn't just a path. It wasn't just that time progressed, it was that God was 
leading them out of trouble into transition into a new situation. Take joy in all the good that Adonai your God has given you. This teaches us what attitudes are most powerful in life. Before God we stand with joy. Thanking God, taking joy in all the good the Lord has given you. And we also, if you can pay attention to this detail, you may not have noticed that it may not even caught your attention yet, even though I've read it now twice. Take joy in all the good that Adonai your God has given you, your household, the Levite, and the foreigner living with you. Four, four, uh, four groups, four, four ways that people have experienced the gifts of God. You, that's way number one. You, you have experienced what God has given you. Your household has experienced great things that God has done for you. The Levite is the third, and the fourth is the foreigner who's living with you. This teaches us to take joy in all the good that God has given us, to thank him, but it also teaches us to have an enlarged view of the individual and the group identity together, an enlarged view of me and us. Verse 11, take joy in all the good that Adonai your God has given you, your household, the Levite, the foreigner living with you, what God has given you, what God has given you as an individual. What God has given your household, your family, and your close connections. What God has given the Levite, the ones who serve God and the community of faith by helping us to be reconciled to God and to each other and to learn the ways of God and to study the scriptures together. And, interestingly, the foreigner living with you. When we live in the presence of God, we realize that our lives have become a blessing. A blessing to me and to mine. A blessing to others. A blessing to the enlarged or the bigger us. And this includes even more if you read on further in this week's portion. It includes the orphan and the widow. I think it's so useful. I think it's so important for us to learn who we are, not by just looking inward, but by looking all around us, by looking to the past and to see who did we come from. To, to look at ourselves not just as an individual, but as a person with history. There are others who have preceded us, who have helped us come to this day. Without them having done their part and having brought us to this place, we would not have this life that we have right now, nor the opportunities that we have right now. We look to the past, but we also look to the present. And we don't avoid circumstances that are difficult. We don't, we don't put ourselves in a condition of denial. We acknowledge there's time of suffering. The children of Israel in Egypt suffered, and we recall that even to this day. But we don't embrace a sense of despair or hopelessness. We don't allow ourselves to live as if we are powerless victims. Because even when we are powerless, we serve a powerful God. Even when we don't have the power to deliver ourselves, God 
can deliver us. What does he look for us? He looks for us to humble ourselves before him, to recognize that we can't really live life without him. I want to encourage you as we're continuing in Elul and preparing for the high holidays to examine yourself. And when you find something lacking in yourself, instead of just suppressing it or denying it or being ashamed of it, face it before the Lord. Be honest before the Lord. And tomorrow, part two of this message will help you connect what we're talking about. How do you see who you are and you see who we are in such a way that you can deal with both the joys and the things that we need to repent of. Believe it or not, you can do both. Some people only want to be happy. Some people only want to be sad. But I can tell you this, you may be remorseful about the things that you regret and you can turn from those things, but you can also have joy. There's joy in God. There's joy in what God has planned. There's joy in what he has done for us and what he will do for us. So we can embrace it all. Your heart is stronger when you can embrace the joy of the Lord and find strength in him and still be able to face with honesty the things that you need to turn from. Yeshua makes it possible. He's the one that gives us the grace. The Holy Spirit alive in us gives us the power. It is a marvelous covenant that God has brought us into. So I encourage you to, to join us again tomorrow. We will have live from home and live from the sanctuary together. We'll start up at 1030 in the morning and we really look forward to our times together. I hope you're enjoying these opportunities to study together and to read together. Don't forget to look for Cantor Aaron's Torah teaser tonight. It's being posted. It's uploading while we speak. It'll be available as soon as it finishes uploading. I want to close tonight with Aaron's blessing as we normally do at Beth Israel. And will you just turn your attention to the Lord? Shalom. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep watch over you and protect you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, the Sar Shalom, our risen Messiah. So from Sandy and me, we say Shabbat Shalom. Thanks for joining us. 